All right, everybody, welcome to New Life Church. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Who's excited to be at church today? Are you excited to be? Are you excited for it? Man, I hope you are. I, I actually authentically am excited for every Sunday. In fact, every time we get together. I just, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One, because I believe that God does something amazing when we show up together to worship him. Uh, secondarily, I, I believe that when we come together, God has something for us and he has something uniquely for us. I can't tell you how many church services I've been in. And so look, listen to what I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you. I can't tell you how many church services I've been in where what the pastor was speaking about had nothing to do with what God was speaking to my heart. Now, that might, that might shock you for a second, all right? I know this, one thing, okay? I know this, that what I'm getting ready to share, it's from God's heart for our church. I know that, okay? I'm confident about that. But I know this, God knows exactly what you need to hear today. And there's going to be something that happens that might create a spiritual bunny trail that allows God to deposit inside of your heart exactly what he wants. If you weren't here today, you wouldn't get that. So thank you so much for taking the time to come out and worship because I believe that God's got something for you uh, that is very unique. And so I want you to be listening for that today. All right? Will you do that with me? Hey, look, we're in, um, we're in week three of our current teaching series called Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders, if I can just sum up, what is Kingdom Builders? Kingdom Builders is our new missions initiative here at our church to activate every single person and household in our church to see people's lives change and transform for Jesus in Nebraska and let it ripple around the world. So when we think of missions, I want you to know something here at our church. We think of it as a, as a kingdom. It's God's kingdom and the people are where he wants to establish his throne in their heart as the king and he wants to do that in Kearney and in North Platte, where our other campus is live with us right now. <clears throat> but he also wants to do that in the outer skirts of Nebraska, in other places of America, and to the ends of the earth. We're not a church that when we think missions, we think the ends of the earth. When we think missions, it starts in our backyard, and then it goes to the ends of the earth, which is exactly what Jesus said. It's exactly what he said in the first chapter of Acts. He goes, look, let me tell you what missions is. Starts in your Jerusalem. Starts in your Kearney. It starts in your North Platte. Right? Then it goes to your Nebraska. Then it goes to your America. Then it goes to the ends of the earth. Right? He used a few different words to define that geography, but that's what he would say if he was standing here right now and he requoted that same scripture. And so this is our moment. Kingdom Builders is this invitation to our entire congregation to join together and in, invest into God's kingdom in a way that can make an impact greater than any of us could ever do by ourselves. We want, you to, we want you to hear that message loud and clear because we believe that when we team up with God, there's something that leaps inside of our heart that brings a joy that you just can't get anywhere else. It brings a peace you can't get anywhere else. So week one of the Kingdom Builder series that we started in January, we talked about how it requires a serious sacrifice to be a Kingdom Builder. And you can watch that message online. Uh, week two, we talked about to be a kingdom builder that you must first begin to honor God and worship God 
with our tithe, right? And then be sensitive about, you know, to the Holy Spirit about more generosity beyond that. And last week, last week we tackled that. And last week I had two different tables up here. We brought a bunch of different items out. I showed you, you know, the abundance of what we have in this life. And I showed you what belongs to God in the 10%. It was a pretty straightforward illustration. I've heard a lot of people talk about that. If you weren't here last week for whatever reason, please go online. You're going to want to watch it. Here's one of the unique things about this series. You, you have to have been, you have to have heard week one to understand week two. You have to really have heard week two to really truly capture everything I'm going to talk about here today in week three. So what do you do if you weren't here for week two? Here's what you do. You take really good notes today in week three, and then you go back later today or sometime this week and you watch week two of the Kingdom Builders series and then God will help you package this all together. If this is your first week with us, I do apologize that this series is built that way, but it's so important you know, for transforming our church and it's so important for setting the, the direction of our church for the rest of this year that I had to do it this way. So I'm so sorry for you that are here this week and um, you know, you're checking out our church. I welcome you, I'm so glad you're here. You're gonna get a lot out of today's message, okay? But I want you to go back and watch those other weeks so that you can actually tie it together. So you'll get a lot, but you'll get more if you have the ability to tie it together. All right, so this week we're going to be talking about to be a kingdom builder requires faith to believe God for the impossible. Faith to believe God for the impossible. Yep, I like to refer to this kind of faith with a word. I call it audacious faith. My staff know that. In fact, it's even on one of my requirements as the visionary leader is to try to instill audacious faith into our staff and to coach our staff to have audacious faith and to lead them, you know, in a journey of audacious faith. So why is it that I like that word? Here's the reason why I like it. The, the dictionary says that audacious faith is showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. Now, anybody that knows me, could say, that word defines that man. <laughs> Surprisingly bold risks. I, I like to live my life in that capacity, right? And so there's a lot of things in this world that require a surprisingly bold risk. Let's think about, a, let's think about some of them. Some of you guys have been on team building events where you've done the trust fall. Anybody ever done a trust fall with a group of friends? All right, so you know what I'm talking about, right? And the true trust fall is to stay like a board and to fall into the arms of your friends that are patiently waiting for you to muster up enough faith to drop into their arms, right? Because if they don't catch you, you know, you bust your head on the floor, right? It's one or the other. And while you're standing up there and you're wondering, am I going to do this, am I not? You're thinking about the people that have their arms locked together and you're wondering, is that, have I done anything lately to offend any of them? <laughs> right? That's what you're doing. All right, so that requires faith. It does. It requires a faith, a level of faith. Another one is this, skydiving. Who, who's skydiving? Let me just hear you, because you're bold people. Seriously? Did you guys hit your head on the way down or something? Or? Okay, so we have a few of them here at the Kearney campus. I think everybody at the North Platte campus skydives. They're just that audacious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother level of faith, right? The trust that the parachute's going to open. And then when you're in that tandem situation, like you gotta be, you got to be asking the question, are you sure this is like the two-man parachute? You didn't load the one-man? Because if it's the, the one-man, we're going to hit the ground kind of hard, right? So we don't want to do that. 
I'll tell you another area, because some of you might function in this zone better than skydiving or trust falls. Uh, think about the stock market, all right, and buying and trading stock. And uh, to, it requires a lot of faith to buy a stock the first day that it opens. Because you have no track record. You have no journey with it. Where is it going to go? Is it going up or is it going down? And to jump in on day one is kind of a, it's a big faith step. It's a big risk. Let me, let me end, though, with this one last category that sometimes I think it floors people to even hear these two words together. You do realize, though, that it takes a tremendous amount of faith to, the, to believe that there isn't a God. To believe that there is no God requires a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. So there's a lot of things in this world that require a lot of faith. But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He goes, it doesn't take a lot of faith to move a mountain. He goes, it only takes a little bit of faith to move a mountain. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus told them, he goes, look, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, right? I didn't even bring one up here because it wouldn't even be an illustration that we could use. It's too small for you to see. You could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I think we, I think we screw up the scripture a lot, okay? Uh, let me just stop for a moment and just boil it down. Faith has nothing to do with the mountain. Faith has nothing to do with the mountain. The mountain is the impossible thing. The mountain is the challenge you're facing today. The mountain is the thing that you just think is an obstacle in your life that's never going to move. It's something that came there a year ago. It's something that's been there for five years. It's something that's been there since last week. It doesn't matter when it got there, but it's been there, right? It's the mountain. Faith has nothing to do with the mountain. Faith has everything to do with the one who has a solution to move the mountain. And here's what the enemy does. The enemy gets our eyes on the mountain instead of on the one who has the ability to move it, right? So I have no power to move the mountain, but I know one who does, and his name is Jesus. So no matter what mountain you're facing today, don't let the enemy win the victory today. Get your eyes off of the problem. Get your eyes off of what is impossible to ever change in your life and let true faith well up within you, which gets your eyes on Jesus, who has the solution. So let's, let's just boil this thing down. I thought today, <clears throat> what we'll do today in talking about faith and kingdom faith, to be a kingdom builder requires audacious faith, is let's ask three great questions about faith, and let's address it from that perspective. Like if you and me were at a coffee shop together and we were just looking and we were like, man, what is real faith all about? We would be asking questions of one another, right? So let's start with this one. What does faith look like? What does this audacious faith actually look like? So 1 Kings chapter 17, we have an incredible encounter that takes place. There's a prophet Elijah, okay? And uh, he has just declared from God's heart there's going to be a drought. And it's a bad drought. It's the kind of drought that is going to, it's going to, people are going to actually end up dying because of this drought. And it's all because a king doesn't honor God and there has to be a correction brought to that kind of leadership. And so this, this drought comes, which affects Elijah as well. And during the severity of this drought, Elijah makes his way to a village called Zarephath. And while he's at the village Zarephath, kind of sitting over on the side watching the activity, he notices a woman who's picking up sticks. So you can read it for yourself, 1 Kings chapter 17. All right? She's picking up sticks, and he says to the woman these words. Woman, 
I'm hungry. Can you make me some bread? And the woman basically looks at him and in a number of words comes to this conclusion, no, I can't do it. In fact, she goes on and she says these exact words. Excuse me, sir, but you, you may not understand really what's going on around here, but I only have enough flour and enough oil to make one more meal for my son and I, and then we'll have no more food. And she says, we will die. That's what she says. We've only got enough to make one more meal, and then we die. Now, can you imagine that? Like, what if you would have shown up in a community, and you're hungry, and you're starving as well, and you, and you say, make me a meal, and the woman says, I'm sorry, I only have enough to make one, and then I'm going to die. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, I can't see myself telling her, well, make me the meal anyways. I don't think any of you are going to do that either. I hope and pray you don't. But God's interesting. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid about what you just told me. In fact, go ahead and do what you, go ahead and do just what you said, right? Like, make the meal. But watch, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Like, hold, time out. Like, you got, the woman's standing there. She's going, look, I don't know who you are, dude. But you haven't seen my jars. My jars are in the house. They're in the kitchen. I know exactly what I got. I got these sticks. I'm making a meal. Back off. But see, Elijah isn't just another man. When you're the prophet, you are the voice of God. You are the representation of God to the people. So this isn't just a man asking for the meal. This is God asking for the meal. God's the one standing in front of the woman saying to the woman, look, I know exactly what you have. I know exactly what the mountain that you're facing. I know exactly the thing that seems impossible for you right now. I know all the details about it. And I'm telling you one word, don't be afraid. You want to know what crushes audacious faith? Fear. Fear that the mountain's going to crush you. Fear that the mountain's never going to move. Fear will always cripple audacious faith. And the very first words out of the heart of God to the woman is, don't be afraid at the mountain that you're staring at. Make me the meal first. So here's what she does. She does exactly what you thought, right? Because how could I build a story up where the woman doesn't build, right? So she did as Elijah said. Now watch. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many days. A miracle took place where all of a sudden the flour she used to make the meal for the man of God replenished itself. And the oil that she spilled out to make the meal for the man of God, it's there again. Doesn't sound like it comes in an abundance like, like other miracle that took place, but I mean, it's just there again. So look what happened. If the woman doesn't put God first, if she doesn't activate faith to put God first, she really truly does fulfill her own prophecy. She eats her last meal. But because she put God first, then God keeps providing enough for her to feed herself and her son and Elijah, three people instead of just two for the rest of the drought. So what does audacious faith look like? 
It looks just like this. And I want you to notice that faith is trusting God even when the challenge or the mountain seems impossible and you can't figure out the solution. That's what audacious faith looks like. And it's got some risk involved with it. So the second question then would be, how do we get audacious faith? You do it exactly the same way the woman did. Here's what the woman did. The woman hears the voice of God and she obeys the voice of God. That's the same thing that can happen for you today. You can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. But see, look, many times what we do is we're facing a mountain, we're facing an obstacle, a challenge, something is daunting. I don't know what it is. It could be anything in your life. But we don't often wait to listen for God's voice. We activate what we know and we just plow forward. And in the background, the Holy Spirit's speaking the whole time because he loves you and he's got a solution for you. And he's got his best interest in, in your heart, right? And he's speaking in the background, but the noise of your own action is overshadowing it. It's overtaking it. And so you're never hearing the voice of God to obey, to activate audacious faith. So how do you get it? we got to slow down for a moment. When we're staring at our mountain, when we're staring at the obstacle that, that showed up after lunch when you got back to work, and boom, here's the conflict. we got to slow down for a minute and say, God, what do I do? I got an idea. You're going to have an idea. You're smart people. I, I, I think I've got a solution. You're going to have solutions. God created you that way. I think I, got it. I think I got it, God. But before I even take a step, what do you say? What do you say? Listening to his voice. Secondly, though, faith requires now a risky step into the unknown. So how do you get audacious faith? Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, but it's going to follow a risky step, an audacious step into the unknown. Let's look at that concept through the lens of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says that faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Hang on to that scripture up on the screen just for a little while for me. So how do we, what was the question we're looking at? How do we get audacious faith? First, you get audacious faith by exercising, watch exactly what that scripture says, right? A confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It's not cerebral in nature. It's not just something that's up here in the mind. I got a confidence about something. I have a hope, right? That something will actually happen. No, it's, it's a confidence that allows us to start moving in a direction, knowing that God is for us and if he's for us, who can be against us? It's not a confidence of I'm going to wait and God, if you do something, then I'm going to now do something. It's I'm going to start moving in this direction. This is the part that I can do. But there's a second part to it. To get audacious faith, then we have to do this. We have to trust God for the things, like the scripture says, that we cannot see. So that we have a confident hope that if we take a direction that God has the ability to do something radical, but we always know we're not seeing the whole picture. There's always a part that only God sees. And to have audacious faith is going to require me to say, I don't see it all. You see it all. You have your best interest in mind for me, and I'm going to follow you because there's things I can't see that only you can see, and you're going to do something amazing. So there's two parts to faith. And let me use the illustration to drive it home. I got a $10 bill in my pocket. It was the only cash I had on me. 
And thankfully I had it because a credit card just does not work for this illustration. It's a real $10 bill. Anybody want the $10 bill? Okay, no, no, no. I mean, it would not be fair to those in North Platte. Let's at least, let's at least give them enough time to get here. We'll wait. No, I'm just joking. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, North Platte. Go up to Dave. First person that finds Dave, Dave has to give you 10 bucks. Okay, there you go. Out of his own pocket, not out of the church money. Okay. Um, just joking. Don't take me up on that. Okay. Go to Pastor Robert instead. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All right. Um, all right. This is a real $10 bill, by the way. I can prove that because, you know, I mean, obviously it's, well, I mean, I can't, I, actually I can't prove that. Um, but I, I'm confident that it is because it, it has all of the right stuff on the front. It's got all the right stuff on the back. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be spending this soon. And so if you want more reports on that, then maybe we can make an update on our social media here at the church that it actually go through. But it has, it has everything right on it. Now, let me just say it. Let me, let's do this. Let's say that it had everything right on the front, but it had nothing on the back. The back was blank. What worth does this, does this bill have now? None. It has no worth. See, for the bill to have worth, it has to be printed correctly on the front and the back. That means that like a coin or like a bill, it has to be right on both sides for it to have worth. Same thing with faith. Faith has to be right on both sides for it to work and for it to have worth. So there's always two sides to faith. There's the confidence, right, to trust God for what you can do in this facing the mountain, and then there's the confidence to trust God for what only he can do. It's the God factor. It's what only God can do. So I'm going to illustrate it for you one more way. In our Kingdom Builders Initiative, this mission's desire, one of the things we have a real strong heart for is that we want to plant another campus in 2019. Just a passion inside of us, okay? And so we're putting it out there, and we're going, God, man, if it's your will, we want to do this. So it's a goal of ours, okay? Now, here's what we've been doing. Me and the staff, we've got a lot of experience in, in planting and starting new ministries. We're just, I'm entrepreneurial in ministry. This has been something that God has used in my life since day one up until now. Now, we're not overly confident in our skills and our abilities. We're just saying God's given us those things. And so when we look at the kingdom of God, we look at it through that lens. Like, what can we do to advance the kingdom? Plant a campus here, plant a campus there. So we're also training leaders up. We've been working on that for the last three years diligently. How can we train leaders up? How can we prepare the next generation to take some of these pastoral roles and campuses? And, you know, it's a slow go in that process. It takes time to disciple and to, to train up. And but at the, whole, the whole time, we've been praying about different communities that we've been looking at to plant a church in. And I've gone and visited different communities. Chris and I, we, we've driven to different places just to have coffee and lunch, just to be in a community, to kind of sense our way, like, God, would, you, would this be a place you want to draw us? But look, all I'm saying is this. In the journey of a desire to plant another campus, that's a big step of faith, okay? We're doing what we can do. But let me tell you something else. We're not getting ahead of God. We're diligently and patiently waiting for God to shine his light on a community and say, plant there. And we're diligently waiting for God to say, that's the campus pastor, empower that person. That's what God does. 
But we're not sitting around waiting for God to say, that's the community, and here's your campus pastor. Before we do anything, we're doing our part while we're waiting for God to do his. And we believe he's doing it in the background the whole time. That's the confident hope that we have and what we can't see, that God's at work. But once we find the community and God shows it to us and we, and we have the campus pastor and we start the church planting process, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do all kinds of outreach. We're going to get out in the community. We're going to do fun things in the, in the park to kind of, you know, communicate who Jesus is and the church is coming and we want to disciple you. We want to be a part of your life and we're going to be praying in the streets of that community and we're, we're just going to do all kinds of stuff, right, and to, to seek and save the lost and make disciples there. That's what we can do. But here's something we know that only God can do. Only God can change hearts. So, are we going to wait for God to do a miracle of changing a heart before we ever go out and do some kind of evangelistic work in a park? No, that would be foolish. So we're going to do what we know we're supposed to do. We're going to trust God to be with us and help us. And then we're going to trust for him to do the miraculous change hearts. So notice, we get audacious faith when we're willing to do all we can while trusting God to do the miraculous. In my life, this is what I've experienced. I do all that I can and I feel like I'm right up on the edge, like, man, I can't do any more. Or if I do, I'm going to fall off the edge. And then, boom, God does the miraculous. It seems as if the miraculous comes. It always comes at just the right moment. But it, it, it comes at God's right moment. Not always what you think is the right moment. And that sometimes comes at just the last second. Guys, I want you to know, God wants you to have incredible, big, audacious faith. Why? Because it requires that to be a kingdom builder. The last question that we'll look at today, though, is this. So in light of all those things, how can we express now audacious faith? How do you express it in light of being a kingdom builder? First and foremost, commit your life to Jesus Christ. If you're here listening today at either campus or even online at home, if you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ and made him your personal Lord and Savior, that's the first thing. That's where it starts. How do you express audacious faith? Trust, trust in the one that has the power to move the mountain. Secondly, take a bold move and start honoring God and worshiping God with the best of your first. That's a statement from last week. For the best of your first with your tithe. And to help you do that, I, didn't, I just want to make sure that everybody remembers that we actually, we're doing something radical here at New Life right now. Uh, we're offering what we're called the tithe challenge. How can I give God 10%, right? I just don't know if it's possible. I don't even know if tithing works, Jeff. Will it even change my life? I want to let you know something right now. We believe that when we honor God with the, the best of the first, the, the 10% first, when we honor it and we bring it into what God said, the storehouse, we bring it, you know, right to his local church, as an example, whatever local church that you attend. So if you're watching online and you attend another church, you're, you bring the tithe to the local church that you attend, where you, you come. The local place is the, is the house of God, is what the Old Testament talks about. It's a place of worship. It's also a place of sacrifice, where we come and we lay our lives down before God. So uh, the tithe challenge is our way of helping you take that step of faith. And here's what we do. We, we say, hey, look, sign up for it in January, fill out the card, Turn it in at a green table or go on our website and fill out, you know, the, the agreement that we have. And then start tithing the first part of February for 90 days. 
And if you do that and you're like, look, tithing doesn't work. It doesn't change my life. God hasn't been faithful. He hasn't taken care of, you know, the needs the way that I think they ought to be. I mean, listen, it could be that way. All you have to do is contact our accountant, Rihanna, and say, I would like to have all my tithe back. And we'll be tracking that and we'll write you a check that day and we'll give you all your tithe back. That's how much we believe at New Life that putting God first actually works, but you got to sign up for it. So it's on the back of your bulletin. That's where you start or you go online. All right, so thirdly, though, how can you express audacious faith? Take a bold step of confidence with me and make a commitment to be a kingdom builder. So a kingdom builder is helping us fulfill what we sense God's saying to us in investing money into his kingdom. This is not dollars that get invested into this campus or our North Platte campus. This is beyond these places, and it goes to the ends of the earth. Money that's going right out this door to impact souls and win people for Jesus and make disciples of Christ. And we got that all communicated in our book. You're going to get one of these things on your way out the door unless you got one last week. And I would just ask you to politely say, look, I already have one of those because they're a little expensive to make. But we're going to give you a commitment card so that you can fill out the commitment card and bring it back next week and turn it in to say, look, I'm all in, Jeff. I'm with you. We want, we want to be kingdom builders here at our church. And so that would be the third step of how you express audacious faith. It's, it could start right there, right? In this kingdom builder series, that's where it's at. And here's what's interesting about God. This isn't a challenge that is just coming from my heart. This is a challenge that comes from God's heart for you. And when God looks at building his kingdom, God, God doesn't see building a government. God sees building his purpose and his mission in the heart of a person. And he calls that person a treasure. Here's where, I, here's where we get that. Look at Matthew chapter 6. God would say to us, be kingdom builders, right? Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. You know, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. God refers to people as treasure. But I think a lot of us think like the guy who died and he went to heaven. And he's walking down the street with St. Peter, down the street of gold. And he's passing mansion after mansion after mansion after mansion. And he gets to the end of the street and, he, and he, St. Peter points to this little shack built out of wood. And he says to him, sir, that's your house. And the guy's like, What? Everybody else gets a mansion and I get a little shack. And St. Peter looked at him and goes, look, sir, I did the best I could do with the money you sent me. I think a lot of us think that way. I think a lot of us think that we're somehow, when we give financially to God, that we're building up some kind of like a spiritual financial bank account in heaven that's going to determine what my mansion looks like or any other capacity of that. And that's... That's just wrong, and quite frankly, it's ludicrous. There's only two things about heaven that really matter. Number one, Jesus. Number two, people. And it's the treasures that you're storing up there. So it's Jesus and the people you take with you. Jesus and the disciples that you make. It's Jesus and the ones that you share the good news of Jesus with on this earth. It's Jesus and the people that come out of the darkness and into the light here on this earth. It's only two things that even matter. And Jesus is profoundly greater than all the rest. But Jesus gives us the mission to go and seek and save the lost and make disciples out of them. So those are the only two things that matter in heaven. 
That's why God says, look, store up treasure. Store up people in heaven. That's what matters, people. That's what matters. That's why we're doing the kingdom builders thing. We want to empower you to store up treasure in heaven. We want to empower you to be a part of God's mission. So when you give and you become a kingdom builder, you're teaming your heart up with God's heart to seek and save the lost and to go and to make disciples. So how can we express audacious faith? Notice this. You'll express audacious faith when your heart begins to value storing up treasure in heaven more than anything. It all comes down to people. All comes down to people. So kingdom builders is a massive, massive step of faith for New Life Church. And if we can just talk numbers for a second, and it's big. I mean, we've, we've, we're communicating a, a goal of $382,000 that we want to invest to see people come to know who Jesus is around this world. That's big. That's an audacious goal. I want you to know something, though. Okay, out of a sake of integrity, the deacons and I have made a decision that we want to seed that $182,000 with $150,000. We want to take $150,000 that we have and we want to invest it in being a kingdom builder. We want to start this whole campaign off and we want to start it off right. $150,000 right towards the, the $382,000. Right? That's the part, watch how faith works, right? That's the part we can do. Now, what we're doing is we're trusting that God will speak to your hearts for the remainder. That's what God can do. So today, when you walk out of this auditorium or out of the North Platte Auditorium and you get that Kingdom Builder booklet and you get that commitment card, you need to know that we're taking a step that we can do. We're trusting God to speak to all of our hearts so that together, quite frankly, we can reach more people for Jesus Christ in 2019 together than we ever would be able to do alone. And if any of that excites you at all, then I just want to invite you to be a kingdom builder with me. We're going to receive those commitment cards next week. So this week, you're going to pray about these two things. What can I give? What can I give? Right? And when you do that, you're going to think like me and you're going to go budget, right? And you're going to go, what can I afford to give on a monthly basis? Remember, that's what you can do. you got to answer the second question of audacious faith. What can God do? You can't just go after the budget. That's what you can do. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going I'm to come up with that solution as well. But Kim and I are also going to be praying, okay, God, but what can you do? Like, what can you do beyond my, beyond my tithe, beyond what I'll give out of my budget as being a kingdom builder? God, what if you gave us an additional $5,000 that just came out of nowhere this next year that we didn't have no idea was coming our way, and it showed up? God, if you do that, here's what we're going to do. We're going to invest it right into being a kingdom builder. That's like God's part. So when you look at the card, it's got a monthly line, but it also has an annual line. I would encourage you, think about what you can do. Put that down on the monthly line. Pray audaciously with God. What can, what can God do through me? And let God put something in your heart and put that down on the annual line. And then start trusting God. And watch this. When God does it, you already know what you're going to do. I think God's waiting for people to say, God, if you, if you put $10,000 in my hands today, I would invest it into your kingdom. I think God's got resources that you and me don't have any idea that he has, right? And he's waiting for the faithful to say, here's what I would do with your money, God. Here's what I would do for your cause, God. 
He's waiting for people to do that. So do you want to be a kingdom builder and see God do maybe something that's just going to blow your mind away in 2019? Then I would encourage you to activate faith. What can you do? But ask the second question, God, what can you do? That's what my encouragement is to you today. Okay? Are you with me so far? Are we still friends, people? From a distance, can we just hug each other for a moment? You know, hugs will, will heal all things. All right? I got it. Like, this is straightforward. It's punching. You know what I feel like? I'm way over time. You know what, I, you know what I've, I've been feeling like the last, really since maybe like halfway through 2018? And just see if this resonates with your spirit. I've been feeling this way. I can't challenge you hard enough. Like, the harder I come from God's word, and I bring God's word, and we challenge one another to live for Christ... I have young people and college students and young adults and grandmothers and grandfathers stepping up and going, man, that's who I want to be. It's like there's something happening right now that the, the more that we go back to God's word and we challenge each other with the truth, not berate each other, not beat each other up, but inspire one another, spur one another on to love and to good deeds is what the New Testament talks about. The more that I feel like I do that, the more that I'm sensing in your heart going, Man, that's who we want to be. If I'm close at all with any of your hearts, just know that's God at work. That's not somebody inspiring another person. That's God at work. He's doing something supernatural. Follow that heart, say yes to him, and let his will be done. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Jesus, as we come, we come to you. We come to you humbly right now. We come to you knowing that you hold all authority. We come knowing that, Lord, your heart, it beats for the lost. You have a desire that's so much, so much greater than what we could ever have to see people know you and have their life transformed by you. You see people as treasures. Lord, would you help us to see people the same way? Would you help us, Lord, to see our finances like the woman saw her oil and her flour? That we would honor you first, that, Lord, you would take care of us in a supernatural way that we know nothing of right now? Or would you give us faith to trust what you say? Would you give us faith to do what you say? God, would you, would you give us audacious faith to take, take a risky and a bold step into the unknown? Lord, I pray over this congregation, no matter what mountain they might be facing today, and it's maybe totally different than this Kingdom Builder series has anything to do with, that, Lord, they get their eyes off the mountain and their eyes back on Jesus today. That, Lord, their hope would be restored as they focus in on the heart of God and how much you love them and you care for them, God, and you, you've got the solution to break the mountain or to take them around the mountain. So, Lord, meet every person's need that's in, that's in the earshot of my voice today. Meet with them supernaturally and break the chains that are holding us back from being all that we can for you. Lord, let your will be done and let your kingdom come here at New Life Church and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.